Hello, Casey speaking. Hi, is this Casey from Obiju? Hi, this is Casey, yep. Can I ask you what you're doing right now? Um, I'm actually just sitting at my parents' house in Oakville, uh, just hanging out with my dog. Nice. What are you guys talking about? Yeah. Uh, no, my, just my dog. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not actually talking about anything with him. So. Well, I, I guess that's good. Yeah, well, well, he's pee. All he, he's just had... Did you think I said my dad? I did, yes. Oh, I, I said my dog. Yes, yeah, no, I'm realizing that now. <laughs> okay, that's okay. <laughs> Can I ask, what type of dog do you have and what's his name? Uh, my dog is a red uh, Labrador Retriever, and his name's Appleby. Hi, my name is Casey Messia, and I'm from the band Obiju, and you're listening to The Interview Show. Friends is
All right, so welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today I have Casey from Obiju on the line. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Um, I was hoping, since your music is so warm and accessible, that you could introduce yourself and also um, what each member of the band would most likely smell like if you hugged them. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, my name is Casey, and I play guitar and sing and um, play ukulele and bass. And I'm not sure what I smell like when, when someone hugs me, so um, I may just say... Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll pass on, on my own description. But uh, James Bunton plays drums, um, and I guess James smells like um, uh, peppermint because um, he's always drinking really great teas. And Heather plays bass, and uh, Heather would smell like, um, I don't know, would smell like autumn. I'm not really sure what, what would... Uh, what would um, uh, equate that season, but but something um, leaves warm and pardon me leaves. Yeah, well leaves and 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 uh, yeah, just like uh, um, maybe a warm fire and 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 yeah, this is a hard question. It's a good one. Um, Anissa Hart plays cello, and and uh, I guess Anissa would smell like um, cinnamon. Um, Jennifer, my sister, plays violin, and and and. She smells like vanilla. Uh, um, and Ryan, our keyboardist, um, would probably, um, I'm not sure, would probably uh, smell like, um, um, he smells really good, so I'm not really, not really sure what I can say to describe him. Um, Maybe he smells like uh, Earl Grey. <laughs> I don't know. I hope I, yeah. Um, I think and everyone um, together would, would smell quite lovely, I think. I agree. I agree. And thank you for indulging my goofy question. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Okay. The big story behind you guys is the Bellwood House, and I'm sure you're a little bit tired of talking about it, but it's really fascinating because... Well, it sounds like what everybody wants in an indie scene. So I was wondering if you could sort of describe that scene in short. Um, well, the Bellwoods house uh, was a house that I lived in with uh, my sister and another roommate um, on the street called Bellwoods Avenue. And it was this little bungalow, and we were lucky enough to have a basement and um, use this basement for practicing and, and later for really small shows and and um, it just became a place where a lot of um, us got together, uh, played music, um, partied. Uh, yeah, it just became this sort of um, vehicle for really uh, awesome artistic musical things. And, and we recorded a lot of music uh, that is on the Friends and Bellwoods compilation um, at that house. And yeah, it's, it's bittersweet because we no longer live there, but, but we definitely have a, a nice um, sort of, time capsule of, of that time in our Friends and Bellwoods compilations. Yeah. Can you describe a great day that you spent there? A great day? Yeah. Um, well, you know, like, um, great days, like, varied, I, I, I guess. Um, um, I had this one really, really beautiful day at, at Bellwoods where we were moving out uh, an old couch, and, and it was it ended up sitting on the front lawn, and, and a bunch of friends came over, and we just sat on the front 
front lawn uh, with some beers and, and enjoyed some summer summer weather on the um, on the front lawn, and that was really memorable. But also, uh, um, we've had some pretty amazing shows in the basement, and I would say uh, one of the best shows I've ever seen um, was actually at, at my house, and it was a performance by a band called Snowblink. And, um, yeah, it, it truly was one of the most beautiful musical performances I've ever seen. Wow, thanks. So now that you guys are no longer there, I mean, that's obviously sad, but what do you enjoy the most about moving forward? Um, I guess, well, the, uh, what I enjoy most about uh, moving forward from the house is uh, the opportunity that exists in, in, in um, you know, just new spaces and, and new experiences. You know, like I lived in that house for like probably almost um, six years, so uh, a new house and, and a new area in Toronto um, opens itself or opens me up to, you know, like finding new nooks to hide in and, and uh, different shops and, and different people to meet and, and different things to get inspired by.
Tracy Messia, and I'm from the band Obiju, and you're listening to The Interview Show. I think that, uh, like, touring um, provides you so many opportunities to meet uh, strangers uh, that are so friendly and so so generous, and I think that uh, when we were on our tour um, this past uh, November, was it November? Yeah, in November, uh, we stayed with this really beautiful family in... Um, in Regina, and um, they were both homeopathic doctors, and and they they had this little puppy, and they made us this like really healthy, beautiful, like like nutritious breakfast, all organic, and and you know like let us hang out of the house while they went to work, and and we were really grateful for them like sort of recognizing that we just needed to sort of just chill out, so so uh, we were really really lucky to have met them. Oh, I was reading in Montreal that your gear was stolen. Is that true? Yeah, in Montreal we had uh, the unfortunate experience of having our band broken into, and my sister lost her violin, and um, our bassist Heather lost all of her clothes. So it was it was a pretty uh, deflating and traumatizing experience. Is there a special place reserved in hell for gear thieves? I think so. I think that I think um, you know, like a, a lot of a lot of traveling bands find problems in in um Montreal and and even in Toronto I think that people who st- steal instruments definitely don't have hearts so well that sucks I hope that uh well I hope things turn out for the best yeah I think they will I was reading that Black Ice is your favorite song on Beacons what song from Swift Feet for Troubling Times will never come off the set list and why I think that uh I think we have two songs from that album that, well, I think, well, Steep, our song Steep from Swift Feet for Troubling Times has been a consistent uh, song on our set list. And I think I think that it's just uh, a song that we we're really proud of. I think that we worked really hard at, at creating a crescendo in, in, the, in the arrangement, and, and it, it has a pretty beautiful and dramatic end, and... and, and we really like playing it, so I don't think it'll I think it'll always be part of our set. Hide out 
and you're listening to the interview show. Um, I think that uh, I think that uh, with bands that have to do interviews, I think that they just have to, um, you know, like whether or not they're doing uh, like if they're doing a lot of interviews, to always uh, remember that the person that you're speaking to is is uh, taking their time to speak to you, and that's uh, that's really a great opportunity and, and is something that uh, we should feel really lucky for. So I think that, you know, like you can do 30 interviews, but the 30 interviewees or interviewers are all different people, so they all deserve the same sort of attention and and um, uh, consideration. Oh, that, that's so nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, one thing I found great about uh, reading interviews that you've done is that you always make a point of talking about how inspiring Toronto is to you. And as a guy who's a West Coaster, I always hear, you know, Toronto's this horrible, concrete, sprawling mass with schizophrenic weather. So I was hoping you could tell me and, and listeners a couple of things you find inspiring about Toronto. Well, I think Toronto is is um, a very inspiring city. I think, you know, just in its population alone, um, you know, uh, can exist so much diversity and, and so much uh, access to sort of cultural institutions, um, I think just being able to go anywhere and have um, 
different sorts of ethnic food or, or see a play or see theater is something I really, really feel privileged by. And, and um, at the other end, I, I, I think that Toronto um, holds really, really special nooks like, you know, Kensington Market or, or uh, you know, like your local coffee shop that's in your neighborhood. I think that they're just really, really, really um, nice, small, intimate experiences that you can have um, in the neighborhoods that you are from. So so um, when I was living on Bellwoods, I just had a nice um, opportunity to, you know, like find my favorite breakfast place and, and sit in my favorite park and and become really familiar with with uh, the neighborhood that I was from. So I was really lucky, or I'm, I am really lucky to be from this city. I feel really, really um, blessed by it. Nice. I read that you really like Hayden, and I think he makes the best breakup music ever. <laughs> yep, definitely. I, I definitely listened to a lot of Hayden when I was in high school, so I attribute whatever sort of um, melancholy um, I had then, and even now, to, to uh, his influence. <laughs> nice. So you wrote um, Swift Feet for Troubling Times, mostly by yourself, and you guys wrote um, Beacons as a group, I'm assuming. Um, well, we did both albums quite the same. Uh, we, you know, like I usually start off with a song and then it, and then it becomes an entirely new song when it, uh, gets arranged by the band. Um, that's how we did the first two records and, and we hope with our, our next one, uh, whenever that will be, uh, we'll take a different sort of writing approach where everyone will sort of, uh, um, be at the genesis of the song. So. Nice. What has touring taught you about the songs on Beacons? Um, well, I guess touring has, has taught us that the songs and beacons, um, you know, can translate live and, 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 you know, they aren't just sort of, uh, you know, recorded projects, uh, you know, like we've worked really hard at maintaining sort of the orchestral, um, uh, dynamic feel that is on the, on the record in live performance. And I think that, you know, like through touring, um, almost three months this year, like I think that we were able to sort of fine tune and, and craft a live performance that that um, uh, exemplifies that. Cool, cool. Can you take a song and sort of talk about how it sort of morphed a little bit in the live show? Um, well, I think with the song, uh, I think the one that changed the most um, was the song Jailbird Blues, which is the last song on our, our record, Beacons. And uh, Jailbird Blues on record uh, has a quartet from Australia on it that we met at the BAMP Center for the Arts in, in Alberta. And um, we had to find a way to sort of um, make that a, a song that we could play live. So we rearranged it and, and included drums and bass. And, and now it's uh, sort of this um, really, really, I think, um, aesthetically, like... Um, like I think it's a aesthetically beautiful song that that we've managed to uh, turn into a, a a live performance. Thought 
Sometimes I'm still